Good morning, Jerry. Good morning, John. How the heck are Ooh. you today? I'm feeling pretty good. Wow. Enjoying good. Looking forward to a really great show, as usual. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll do a little introduction for our new listeners. Hey, I usually, good. Yeah, usually we talk about four things, but today's a special show. We're just going to talk about two things. A main topic hmm. and then some groaners. That's going to be it. It's pretty exciting. Wow. Yeah. Yep. Back to our roots, that's for sure. Yeah, Which reminds exactly. me of uh, what, what 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 are you wearing? What kind uh, of shirt wise? Shirt wise, which is all I'm allowed to talk to, uh, I'll talk about on, on the show. You know, we had a rule we had to establish pretty early on. Uh, yeah, I'm wearing a T-shirt that says it's a Bro Show T-shirt. It says I'm looking at it right now. My brother is doing fine. <laughs> Wow, those were the days. Yeah. That's for sure. We used to, we used to get yeah. that. Uh, and there's a reason we wore that shirt, which will become pretty clear as we get into our topic. And yes. I decided, since we're going to change our format more to like what we used to talk about, I decided to wear the original shirt, oh. which has on it a podcasting uh, our way through cancer, age, and loss. That is mm. the very first shirt that we put out, and since then. Well, I haven't taken inventory recently, but there's got to be at least 15 to 20 additional shirts since then. Well, 11, That's right. 11 seasons, and sometimes we did more than one. It's probably That's 15. Right. Yeah, probably is. I think you got a good number there. That's that's excellent. Hey, uh, we have a sponsor though, don't we? Yeah, we're going to leave the sponsor in there because we we you know we we got a, a mission that we're interested in. It's a Big Cat Rescue is the name of our. Uh, sponsored for this season, and Big Cat, their mission is to provide the best home they can for those critters, uh, those big yeah. cats. We don't want yeah. those critters caged. We want them out and about so they can enjoy life as they're used to it. And mm-hmm. uh, this organization is also interested in in uh, basically eliminating the abuse of big cats in captivity and also preventing mm-hmm. their extinction. They are mm-hmm. a 501c3 organization established in 1992. So they've definitely met the test of time. And they've done a really good job of making sure that these animals that they do house down in in their vast uh, area down in Tampa will, you know, lead lead a really pretty good life. So uh, And they've got some swag. They've got some T-shirts and uh, hats and all kinds of good stuff. And uh, I think, yeah, I've got one of those T-shirts. Yeah. yeah, we got we got links in the show notes. You can go there to look at their swag. And like John said, it's all over the place. They got lots of stuff. And also you can find out more about the organization and make a don- donation if you so choose to do. Wow. Pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, we got through that pretty quick. It gives us a chance to jump in and really uh, dig, mm. dive into our topic. And our topic today is I think what we're going to do is we're going to go back to our roots. Mm-hmm. Back in 2016, uh, both of us were diagnosed with cancer, prostate cancer. Yep. And that's where the show developed it. By, and uh, what's interesting about the diagnosis of prostate cancer, you learn a lot just from the mere diagnosis because we found out very quickly that the fact that we're brothers and had it and had another brother that had it is sort of an alarm that goes off with a, with a urologist. And once they see that, they realize they got a, a patient that's got an active case of prostate cancer because this is a d- disease that goes 
horizontal rather yeah. than vertical or by generation. So once we found out about it, you know, we, 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 we talked and we could talk to each other about it. And we said, let's do a show. So sure enough, in early 2017, we started the bro show and just the, the slogan I read you was the way the show started. And quite often we felt we learned through our experiences and we could impart those to other people. And that's yeah. where it started. We then realized that this is a subject that we could only do for so long. And we needed to morph into things that we were really interested in. And we found that we had a commonality with respect to films. We both like mm-hmm. movies. And mm-hmm. I like sports. And you like kind of news, this and that, whatever. And so what we did is we came up with a slogan of sports, films, and fake news. Since then, we've learned that we had a show that was going 45 minutes plus, And we realized, you know, we were putting listeners to sleep because the active, you know, these – podcast, uh, the ones that really work the best are less than a half an hour. So we decided yep. to trim it down and cut the number of the topics we had to one major topic and then feature an animal because your background is animals and you're the animal mm. man slash producer a mm. uh, variety yep. of other things. And so that's what we've ended up with. We ended up with where we have a season of the uh, an animal for the, for a season and mm-hmm. we've got tiger this year and uh, yes. this season. And here we are. Now, what's yep. interesting about this is that the the results that one of the first things we learned that this journey we had with cancer was not going to be one and done. In other words, there is we, we learned quickly that, you know, there's no cure for cancer. It's treatment. And yep. that treatment, uh, we had different courses we had to take. And I think we were pretty well self-defining. Our courses were pretty well to, uh, set up for us. It isn't like we had to yeah. make a lot of decisions. My decisions were pretty straight going very traditional with surgery. And your decisions were because, and I had stage two prostate cancer. You had stage four. Stage four kind of set up with a pretty, pretty set way in which you were going to have to, to look at it. And as a result, your journey has provided you with a, a, a sort of a continue looking at it. And it's much more, mine's, mine's been, I'm, I'm happy to say for myself, it's been rather unremarkable. Uh, it's had its moments, but nothing, I've had major events, but nothing as continuous as what you've had to go through. And what we've learned through that and us, us talking about cancer is that your need to explore and look at variety of treatments, being, a, I would call your own advocate as yeah. a, a looking at cancer has been extremely important as you've Learn because here we are. You're stage four prostate cancer, mm-hmm. right. and we're talking a. Uh, this is not exactly something where we would expect necessarily you to be here today as we speak. Five years plus out from yeah. the point in time, but you've made it, and you've made it because of the approach that you've taken. So I, you know, I like some of the things that, for example, um, we, you know, oncology is, is, is a part of yours. That's tradition. You don't have, you, you can't avoid that or you could potentially, but it, it's in your best interest to have a good oncologist. And, uh, and we, we both have, and my, and my wife had one who I think had the best comment when, when, when I first met was introduced on oncologist. My, Mars, my wife said, uh, nice to meet you. And he said, nobody wants to meet me. <laughs> in a way, uh, it's not what you call the, the, the grim reaper around the corner coming through the door, but 
but clearly there's there's something about it, and I think good oncologists are you know able to kind of keep a little balance to the to it. And but what you've done is you have been able to to search and look for things to do, uh, look at as your as your treatment progresses because of the fact that you, you know, there's a sense of urgency that uh, yeah. kind of puts yeah. you in that boat. And I think that that's that's been really really good. Uh, just one more quick comment uh, mm. with with respect to looking at treatment. You know, when you take a look at cancer, there's really several different avenues you take, and I'll briefly go through them, and then we'll just jump into what what you're up to. And mm. you know, when when you first go, and if you're old like we are, two old coots, and we were even pretty old, you know, in our late 60s, early 70s when we were diagnosed, a lot of times they say, "Listen, this is slow moving uh, prostate is." And so, therefore, we'll do active surveillance. Well, that was eliminated for both of us pretty quickly because of this issue of they knew brothers, this and that. So we probably were addressing a much more active. You could do the surgery route, which I did, and that usually coupled with radiation. But then there is the one that the stage four, it's hormone therapy, which is used. And what you went through to start out with is the traditional thing you do. It's called engine androgen deprivation therapy where you're basically taking what cancer needs in order to survive is food and if you take this uh, androgen uh, deprivation therapy you're basically eliminating the food source at least for a while but cancer finally gets smart enough to figure out where there's some food and i think that pretty well you've had that you've gone through it and since then though you've done some remarkable things because that doesn't let yours did not last very long. This therapy that you had, the yeah. traditional one, doesn't last long. We know that. It's just a matter of time. And so give us kind of an idea of the history from there as to what you've had to kind of do in order to kind of be here to, to be able to speak to us today. Yes, yes, yes. Well, well summarized. Uh, yeah, before we before I get into any deets here, uh, I'd like to point out that you know, people will say, well, this is a show for guys. You know, it's the bro show and you're talking about prostate cancer. But this is relevant to to ladies as well as men, uh, because ladies usually have a man in their life in some fashion, a father, a son, a brother, uh, a partner. So, you know, it's good to know about these things. But also uh, this is a hormone oriented uh, cancer. In other words, without hormones, it can't exist. And the same thing is true for uh, a couple different cancers for ladies too. And so breast cancer, cervical cancer. So it, it pays to, to understand some of these things we're talking about. And you may think it doesn't apply to you personally, but it just might at some point. And, uh, there are, right. there are some very peculiar things about hormones in the male and the female body and cancer that I think people would, would like to know about. And it helps you understand uh, people around you do have this, and it might help you understand yourself too. So I did want to point out the relevance. Yeah, that's that's very good. I, so at the very least, uh, whether you have a, a man in your life or not, women need to consider just the mere general approach that mm-hmm. you've done. It, yeah, it is something is a road that 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 both men and women are often have to take, no matter what form of cancer they have. There's a lot of forms in which this is very yeah. important. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. So, yeah, what you alluded to earlier, um, everyone who 
almost everyone who has cancer undergoes some androgen deprivation in order to treat the cancer. Right. Early stage uh, people undergo this so they can shrink the tumors or shrink the prostate in this case so that uh, it can it's it's easier to remove uh, or uh, sometimes they don't because they want it bigger so that it's easier to target radiation. So different doctors have different approach and they're all over the place on this. So androgen deprivation is some, not something unique uh, in my experience or stage four. Other people get it also. So what is androgen deprivation? People are probably saying, well, what the hell are these guys talking about? These, that sounds like a euphemism for something else. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely is. So the removal of all um, male hormones from the body is what androgen deprivation is. But androgens are male and female. So, you know, it's it's not totally accurate. Mostly in the initial stages, it's suppressing the production of testosterone. Uh, and the word they use in, in oncology and neurology is castration. There's no easy way to say it. And that's what it is. And people understand what that is. Uh, now, for most people, it's temporary. But for people who are in stage four, it's, it's permanent. Uh, there's no going off of that. Go ahead, John. You're going to say something. And I guess the point being here that when you talk about castration, you're talking most uh, people, particularly in the United States, uh, uh, men will uh, get chemical castration, which means that it, it removes that testosterone. Uh, uh, but yeah. That, but there's also physical castration, which is a possibility, too. Yes. Yes. It's it's rare. It's relatively rare in the United States. Overseas, it's uh, done a little more often. Uh, and part of that, I think, depends upon the age of the patient. If you're in your 50s uh, and or late 40s and you got diagnosed in such a way that, you know, stage four and they said, well, do you want chemical or surgical castration? Well, they'll almost always choose chemical because the hope is well, I can stay alive long enough to where they get a better treatment. And then I right. can go off of chemical uh, uh, androgen deprivation and get my functioning back, right, sexual functioning. Uh, but androgens, just to pile on a little bit with the androgens, androgens are uh, hormones that produce secondary sex characteristics. In other words, heavy right. beard for males, you know, uh Erections and, and sexual functionality is in there also. Body hair, you know, just male characteristics, right? And so when you take those away, you take away some of those secondary sex characteristics. You know, right. your body hair can disappear, thin out. Your beard can become splotchy. You know, uh, you can get gynecomastia, which is, is breast growth tissue. Uh, right. Lots of stuff. There's there's several things that can happen with ADT, as it's called androgen deprivation. So, as you said, I went through that, but within 18 months, it stopped working. Within yeah, 18 well, months. Yeah, you, you mentioned also the fact that, well, just to, uh, I wanted yeah, to sure. make it clear, that we all, even when you said everybody goes through this uh, therapy, I actually, as part of my surgery at the beginning, did the same thing and ended up getting uh, China, what do you, how do you pronounce it? Colmastia. Um, in terms of, yeah, in fact, to the extent that I was feeling a, a little bit sensitivity that I ended, ended up having to get the, uh, what women get in order to, to check to see if they got breast cancer or not. So I had to go to mammogram. the mammogram. Yeah, mammogram. Yeah. 
Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, yeah. But the, so I, I went underwent ADT as my treatment. It's the only treatment offered to stage four people because yeah. you can't you can't do chemo. The cancer moves too slow. Uh, you can't cut it out because it's in multiple places in my body. So that's the only option you have. Your stage four. So in a sense, things get very simple for you with stage four. But then they get complicated within three years usually. Uh, your cancer becomes what's called castration resistant. And so it figures out a workaround and it finds other sources of, of uh, things it needs to grow. And those are again, androgens. So it turns out your adrenal glands produce some androgens. Uh, and these, these usually kick in when you're five or six years old. That's when kids start looking a little different girls and boys. And it, they're not powerful androgens but they they have an effect and they're enough they're plenty enough for the cancer to make a comeback and so when you find your your psa your uh prostate specific uh, antibodies increasing in your body your psa then you you know that you you become castration resistant and so usually it's three or four years but with me it was as 18 months so uh i had to you know change something so then you get what's called second line uh, treatment for stage four. And this is not androgen deprivation. This is androgen annihilation. <laughs> That's what they call <laughs> Yeah. So what this treatment does is it, it uh, targets the adrenal glands. They're above your, your kidneys, just on the top of your kidneys. <clears throat> and uh, what happens is uh, you're treated so that your, your adrenal glands almost collapse. They stop producing any androgen-specific chemicals. But wait a minute, don't you need those? Don't you need those to live? You do. You need your adrenal glands in order to function. If they totally collapse, you you just go to sleep and don't wake up. So that's that's not a good thing. So you have to take a chemical that suppresses the adrenal glands and makes them collapse, some or all, and then you also need to take a steroid, a corticosteroid called prednisone, in order to bring them back to life. So every day, twice a day, you take two uh, two chemicals. One is called Zytiga and the other called prednisone. And so you kind of die a little bit and then you come back from the dead. You go through that every day and it's better or worse for various people. Everyone reacts differently to it. I didn't have a terrible reaction to it. I had only one bad side effect and that was, you know, fatigue and, and mood swings. And, you know, also it, it, you can get very depressed. It, it's not a great feeling going through this. So I've kind of gotten used to it, but it's there and I did not like the treatment. Nobody likes it. So in talking to my oncologist, I said, Hey, Dr. Castillo, um, I've been reading on this forum I'm on. I'm on a, uh, advanced prostate cancer forum where there's all guys like me. And, and a lot of ladies too who are advocating for their, their husbands or brothers or, or fathers. And, uh, and there's some sons on there too. Because what happens yeah. is, yeah, sometimes the treatments get so rough that people aren't strong enough, either psychologically or physically, to advocate for themselves. So somebody else is on there. So it's a very, it's a fascinating forum, but it can become grim. So you have to kind of filter. So anyways, forums in I, general, you need to be very careful because you're gonna you're gonna get the horror stories 
with in the yeah. forums. You're going to get them. Yeah. So as a result, you, it's almost kind of in a way like you got to sift through and filter your in your own mind what you read and and piece through and sort of look for somewhat diamonds in the rough. Maybe not that bad, but right. definitely you can. I, I I've been through them in my situation for for specific reasons. We we don't need to yeah. go into, but I yeah. But forums are useful, but you need to understand what you're going to get get into as you look at them. It's 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 not it's not yeah. all uh, a walk in the park and fun and mm. games here. No, it's not. And almost every forum has a feature where you can receive a digest of what's been posted that day. And that's your savior. That's your savior. You you get that as an email, and then you just look at it. And you don't have to read anything except the titles, you know, a little sum up. And so that I use that as my filter. I look at that and say, well, I'm not going to read that. I'm not going to read that. And if I see one I like, I click on it, and it takes me right to that specific area that I do have an interest in that won't depress me. So, so what was your what your oncologist's reaction when you said you wanted to go use the uh, th- this the new therapy that, that you'd come up with, the, the estrogen? Yeah. The patches? Well, initially – Initially, uh, I did not get a positive reaction. Uh, I started this campaign relatively early because uh, I had read about the use of uh, the use of hormones uh, in treating advanced prostate cancer, and the hormone we're talking about is estrogen. Uh, it's right. a particular form of estrogen called estradiol. Uh, there's three forms, but we don't need to get into that. This is the strongest and the one that has yes. the most effect on prostate cancer. Right. And so you may say, well, what effect does it have on prostate cancer? Well, it has a great effect on prostate cancer. Number one, uh, it makes you physically stronger and have less fatigue. It keeps you from uh, succumbing to osteoporosis, which uh, results in people falling down and breaking bones. And those two are inextricably linked, by the way. Uh, if you have osteoporosis, you're going to be prone to falls. And so, and then because you have osteoporosis, you're prone to break a bone and it's not easy to heal up and it's painful and you become a burden to other people because they can't get around. So, uh, I thought, well, this all sounds very sensible to me. And, and plus it has a huge psychological effect. Uh, it, it bolsters your spirits and keep you, keeps you from becoming depressed. Uh, and people think, well, wait a minute, guys taking estrogen? You know, that doesn't sound like it would be very inspiring. Right. <laughs> you know, you're going to yeah. grow breasts. And that, the only side effect, really, that you have from it that's negative is you do grow breasts. But they're not, like, full-sized or anything like that. They're just, you know, enlarged. But, but that you, already you've already had that uh, yeah. feature take place because of the first therapy you took, the androgen. The, Correct. Uh, Correct. So as, as the other thing that's kind of interesting you're, that, uh, that the – Use of the estrogen therapy was something that was tried very early on, and the problem was that it it was effective, but it had, like you said, some side effects, and the side effects were a little bit more at that point. There were some that yeah. actually cardiac side effects, blood clots, this yep. and that, whatever, affecting the yeah. heart. But what, what it's a simple thing that you're going to bring up that's really cool is the delivery method when it comes to the use of this drug makes a dramatic difference in the effects, the side effects. And I think that was what's really oh, interesting yeah. about your situation. Yeah, my situation was that, you know, as you said, that was the first treatment. There's only two treatments for advanced prostate cancer, and that was 
uh, surgical castration because there weren't chemicals at that time or uh, estrogen. And estrogen worked very well, but one out of 12 patients would develop clots and uh, embolisms and, and death. So that was not a good outcome. And that was because it was taken orally. And so mm. if you take it orally, it has to go through your liver. If it goes through your liver, your liver starts producing some uh, making less blood clotting chemicals and, because it thinks you're a woman and it thinks you're about to have your menses. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. So this started in 1942, you know, and people figured out within a few years that this was a pretty deadly therapy. But you didn't have a lot of choices. You either going to die of the cancer or you kind of have a one out of 12 chance of dying from uh, thrombosis. Yeah. So uh, the discovery that was made only fairly recently was you can get transdermal estrogen, which is through the skin, either through gels or patches. You just put the, apply it to your skin, and then it doesn't go through the same circuit, same pathway through your liver. It goes directly uh, to where it's needed without going through that intermediary step. And now that whole side effect's been totally eliminated. Very few people have adverse effects from transdermal estrogen. The only people who do is if you have a certain genome, a certain marker that makes you estrogen sensitive. And it's relatively rare, and you can get tested for it. So what's interesting is, though, that you now are going to have you have to educate your doctor now to let him know the delivery method makes a big difference because his mindset still exists. That we're dealing with those other, the, the harmful effects, uh, cardiac effects, blood clotting, all this and that. When what you're talking about and what makes this even more interesting is the fact that you were able to come up with some of these answers, not looking just at U.S., but expanding right. your scope of what you looked at in terms of looking outside in Europe and quite often Europe, uh, and we could talk, you know, a whole other thing about socialized medicine, et cetera. But one of the benefits is that their their, their ability to do their ex- experimentation isn't quite as politically uh, motivated or financially as motivated. it is here in the state. Or, yeah, financially. But that's what I kind of yeah. meant, you know, yeah, yeah. politics it's from, true. Uh, from a it's drug true. side. And, well, uh, that's, that's a good part about being on an international forum. You know, right. people on my forum are for all, from all over the world. And so we we get a smattering of information uh, from outside the U.S. that we would never get inside the U.S. And I shared that with with my oncologist, and he was becoming desperate because he'd lost some patients. Yeah, um, you were you were last yeah. one standing practically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he lost some patients who couldn't tolerate Zytiga, and then uh, the ones who did survive were so depressed. He was you know he's getting to his wit's end. And it's very hard to be so fatigued that you're just you're not figuring out what to do. You're figuring how little you can do because you yeah. don't have any energy. So he had patients like that. And I was like on the borderline of that also. I was probably doing better than most. But uh, I told him about this and then he let me do it. And then after my first checkup, I had unbelievable results. And uh, he he started getting his other patients on it. Now he's got you know like almost a half a dozen patients on estrogen, and they're all doing as well as I'm doing, if not better. So he was wow. very enthusiastic, and I became his poster child for estrogen, in uh, treating side effects of androgen deprivation, advanced androgen deprivation, right. which is you know yeah. So he was pretty pleased with that, and you know you'd think, well, hey, we got a good ending story. Not quite. 
not quite there yet. Not quite. And I think that's you, because your 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 journey and your your challenges that you still have are the fact that uh, you want to be in a position where you're getting a little bit of the benefit from the estrogen therapy, but there's means by which you could get more through gel or what, et cetera. And now yeah. you've got to go back to your oncologist and say, by the way, pitch. we need to step it up a bit. Um, yeah, the reason we have to step it up is because my PSA is slowly going up. Right. It's and, not and enough to be alarmed, but it's enough to pay attention. And right. so I, it appears, or let's put it this way, it could very well be that I'm becoming Zytiga resistant. This right. is like the third level of, of yes. stage four prostate cancer. So when you become, and, and the great thing is I can read every day about this on my forum and other people are going through it and what their doctors are telling them. They share, everybody shares. So, you know, I, I was taken by several people who chose estrogen as their single therapy. In other words, they didn't do any androgen deprivation. They just, uh, other than estrogen, estradiol. You know, and transdermal, of course. There are a few people who take the pills who can tolerate them. Those pills are pretty damn effective, but they are scary. So it's called DES. I won't get into the details of those pills. But there are guys who are getting great results with this. So I have started my campaign two weeks ago. Uh, I did go visit my oncologist, and as predicted, my my PSA is up to 1.4, and it's been climbing slowly, but climbing. And I I just started presenting the idea on, hey, you know, I'm already on estrogen. You are aware that some people use this as their monotherapy. And uh, people who do, of course, you're only going to hear from the ones who survive. But these are, you know, 10-year, 20-year survivors. He said, that long? I said, yeah. So I got his attention. And so my next pitch is going to be to up the amount of, of estrogen I take. Right now, I, I take it twice a week with patches, uh, 0.1 milligram. And we're gonna we're gonna probably at least triple that, and probably switch to gel because it's cheaper than patches. Right. And uh, there is research, luckily, thank God, uh, that shows in in, in they call there's in vivo, in vitro, and mammals. That's kind of the progression of clinical trials. So, and then lastly, humans. So all four levels of research has been done on treating castration resistant uh cancer prostate cancer with high dose estrogen so luckily i think I one of the things that you know, the thing uh, another thing that i think was interesting about this is that you are obviously having to go through the various stages but there is a a, a treatment there's a very good chance and it's being clinically tested that you might the, uh, that these patients might be able to go right from the get-go with the use of the uh, estrogen therapy and yes. bypass the castration, uh, you know, the uh, the other one, the, uh, the ADT therapy, yeah. the ADT, yeah, the androgen depriva- deprivation therapy. And that yeah. would be a really interesting for future patients. Uh, now, here's, here's, yeah, yeah, it would. This is, this is, an, uh, and there's a huge study being done in the UK right now with 1,600 patients. Uh, it's called Patch and Stampede. It's two, two research projects combined into one. And they are doing exactly that. They're using transdermal estrogen. And they're seeing from the get-go, from the very beginning, and then also with advanced patients. So 
it's going to be huge. And, and the data is coming out already, but they're going to start publishing pretty soon. It got interrupted by COVID, but, uh, they, they kept it on track and it didn't get abandoned. So that's, that's going to be very good for the future. One important point to bring out for, for the ladies still listening and for men is that, um, the way es- the method of action for estrogen in prostate cancer is fascinating. What happens is you trick the body is you flood the body with estrogen or you uh, elevated level of estrogen. And because of that, uh, your, your, uh, hypothalamus says, hey, we've got a lot of androgen we're producing right now. We need to slow up on producing it. And so mm-hmm. it doesn't differentiate between estrogen and testosterone. It's an androgen as far as the hypothalamus is concerned. Ah. And it tells the body, stop producing testosterone. It works really well. You know, that's, that's the bottom line. Yeah. But, you know, there's also research going in, and I don't want to get distracted. You can get the same effect by flooding the body with testosterone. The key is you have to you have to do it in high volume. And it also works with women, too. And now getting research done on this is very difficult because in the U.S. there's no big bucks involved in this because estrogen and testosterone and all this stuff. It's relatively inexpensive. You know, I have to be so, confused with that Zytiga you, you're taking. Zytiga initially cost $11,000 a month and I got a grant. Otherwise, I'd never been able to take it. Um, wow. So, yeah, it's a boutique drug. So a lot of these treatments, that's where the funding from, for the research comes from. And so these other solutions, it's much harder to get the research done. And you have to go overseas to find out what you need to find out. So that's that's how it works. It tricks the body. Oh. And then also when you have advanced prostate cancer and you are now uh, castration resistant and you're now Zytiga resistant, which I, I'm looking like, then you have to you have to look for something else, and there's research that shows that estrogen, in a different way, tells the tissues what to do and what not to do, and suppresses tumor growth, and you know does a pretty good job from the, from the initial data. So I'm looking forward to that, and and wish me luck in convincing yeah, the doctor. Well, I mean, I'm yeah. going to be one of you. I'm going to be look, keeping very very close interest. We do talk every week with the, the podcast. Yeah, and of course, uh, I have a vested interest as a podcast personality in keeping you alive because without you, the show gets really screwed up because we need a producer, and I'm too lazy <laughs> to go out there and look for one. So Ooh. I'm going to be one of your biggest advocates to make sure that we can keep this podcast going. This That's the kind that. of thankful guy I am. Hey, we need two groaners. Our groaners are provided to us by Vincent Anthony Lauder Jr., commonly referred to as the Coach. And he has supplied me with two very good ones. If you don't groan, you're not with the program. Here they are. All right. How are parking spaces measured? How are parking spaces measured? Ooh. Uh, I don't know. By meters. Parking meters. Ooh, that's (laughs) very good. I like that. Okay. Why are pupils the last thing to go when you die? Why are pupils the last thing to go when you die? God, you got me by the tail on that one. I have no idea. Because pupils die late. (laughs) Oh, dilate. Okay, all right. (laughs) Hey, let's face it. These are really bad. 